night we'll hear three tones ring out. They have a special meaning, so hear what it's all about. It's the Friday Night Show with your hosts, Frank Brizzy and Walden Hughes. Walden and Frank. Hi, everybody. I'm Walden Hughes, way down here in cold Costa Mesa, California. But I bet it's warmer up where he is at, up in Hollywood, California. The one, the only, Mr. Of the view? What was the what was the idea of buying it back in what was it, the early seventies when you bought the house, right? Uh, well, uh, I was um, I had gone to work for uh, for Gary, right? And uh, we were all looking for houses then. Uh huh. And I uh, I drove by this house and I looked at it and it looked familiar and I looked in. In the go- through the gate, right, and there was a little deer sitting up in the deer, play- a real deer. Oh, okay. And, and I remembered that when I saw the house like six months before, mm-hmm. the fellow had a deer. <laughs> this was it. <laughs> and so about six months went went by. Yeah. And uh, he moved out. Yeah. And uh, I took the deer with him. And the place was for sale. And I thought, oh my God! And it's the nicest, nicest house up here. Yeah. It's on a flat. Uh, well, it's, it sticks out more than all the other houses. Okay. And it's about. Uh, well, it's the height of the Chateau Montmartre, which is uh, nine stories. Wow. Um, so it's, it's got pretty good height. Yeah. Anyway, uh, he, he talked to me and I talked to him, and he didn't want to come down in price. Right. $87,000. Right. And no way he was going to come down. <laughs> and there's no way I was going to go up. Right. And uh, we argued about it. And I saw that he wasn't going to come down. So I ended up paying it. Uh... And I was pretty happy because now it's worth probably twice that. Yeah. Three times that. Yeah. Well, now, was Elizabeth Scott already living across the corner, or did she move in later? No, she was already living there. Uh, 
Well, did he have now? Have there been more houses built in the area, or has it pretty much just stayed the same? Uh, yeah, I think it's it's just probably what do you think? What was the question? The, have, have there been have they added more houses in that area, or has it pretty much stayed the same? No, they, they, there were some empty lots uh -huh. built some below us that are a couple million dollars, and then <clears throat> across the street uh, where Jeff Golden lives, his house went up. And Sandra Bullock and Cameron Diaz moved in down the street. And yeah, they were all the salt. Yeah. They bought them after you did. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. it was way after you. And yeah. they, paid, they paid millions of dollars for their house. Yeah. Well, how are the remodeling doing? Have you guys done anything here at the, ba the bathroom? yesterday. Okay. Yeah. So what we got done? The bathroom? Is that the way the project that's done? Or? Two bathrooms and a kitchen. Yeah, two bathrooms in the kitchen. Hey, hey, and that's right. My family coming to receive Frank and Bobby on Tuesday, so we get the grand tour. Oh, yeah, you yeah. get the grand tour. <laughs> probably be the first one to have the grand tour. How about that? How about Considering you guys been on working on this almost for six months, it seems oh, like. Oh, yeah. It, it has been. Yeah, yeah. Very tired of everybody. <laughs> <laughs> well, Frank, tonight we're going to run the time when you had... Uh, Mr. Dickett's attorney, Jay Johnston, on, I guess this has been on your TV show, right? If this is where, or was this the radio show that you recorded the interview? You recall? Yeah, yeah, it was It was a radio show that I recorded. I never did have it. Well, he had finished doing TV by then. Right. I mean, doing anything. Right. And uh, I was really lucky to get him because... Uh, I don't know that he ever did an interview with anybody. I don't know of any. I don't know of any. And you had him do his famous opening, and I bet he did that from his memory, right? He did. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. He did it. He did it really good. Yeah. Yeah. So the reason why we're playing this, everybody, because uh, his birth would have been about this time of the year. Yeah. I think he'd been close to a hundred by now, and. Uh, and this was, uh, this clip, you, I remember you always featuring it every time you would do an interview. So in other words, when you go to Ray Bream's show or, or go down to see Bill Bowles, you always put, brought that clip with you. Because, yeah, because you always it was a great opening. Oh, that's funny. You know, you always, that's why I always remember hearing it back in the 70s. So, so this is what we're going to hear. We're going to hear Frank's interview with the one, the only, Mr. Dick Attorney. All right. You're young, Tim. So here we go, everybody. Jack, you're the, the perennial 30. And now, Mel Blank. Our in-person guest on this edition of the Golden Days of Radio is Jay Justin. Welcome to the program. Thank you. Thank you, Frank. That's a familiar voice, and you were in radio for uh, 35 years or so. Oh, my goodness. I believe it was that long. <laughs> and uh, you were really part of the Golden Days of Radio. Yes, I was very fortunate in that, I think. What was the most famous program you did? Mr. District Attorney. Oh, yeah. We're going to get to that later. But uh, do me a favor and do all our listeners a favor. Do the sure. opening of that program, would you? <clears throat> well, uh, the program opened uh, with the uh, with the announcer saying, Mr. District Attorney, champion of the people, defender of truth, guardian of our fundamental rights to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And I'll, I'll always remember, I got a letter from a teacher in Aurora, Illinois, and she told me, that she was having uh, an oral examination with her high school class, and she had some of the uh, 
family, parents in. And one of the questions she asked uh, the pupils was, where does the selection, all men are entitled to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness come from? And she said that without an instant's hesitation, the entire department roared, Mr. District Attorney. <laughs> of course, we felt very gratified to think we were the originators of such famous words. Absolutely. But then, then I used to give the oath of office, which was, and it shall be my duty as district attorney not only to prosecute to the limit of the law all persons accused of crimes perpetrated within this county, but to defend with equal vigor the rights and privileges of all its citizens. Oh, that's great. And so familiar to radio listeners. Well, it's amazing how many people can recite it. Okay, let's say a prayer first. Dear Lord, thank you for the wonderful station to be on. Bless Bill and Kim and Patricia. All my friends out there, thank you for letting it be here, Lord. Thank you for the wonderful concert with John and Gloria Gassman here on Friday night. We ask this in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Well, I, was on with, I went to John and Gloria's uh, barbershop concert here tonight, Friday, December the 9th, year 2011, so that's why I'm white. So we're going to play the Bing Crosby Christmas show from 1950, everybody. Here we go. Someone waits for me. This is Ken Carpenter welcoming you to the Bing Crosby Show, presented by Chesterfield, produced and transcribed in Hollywood, with John Scott Trotter and his orchestra, Judd Collins with the Mayors, and Bing's guests, Dixie Lee Crosby and Gary, Dennis, Philip, and Lindsay Crosby. As is Bing's custom at Christmas time, he opens the program with a dusty Fidelis, and as usual, he will sing it first in Latin, and then in English, with a studio audience joining him. Yes, Ken, I think it would be very fitting, very nice, if our guests here would uh, join in a chorus, second chorus, and come all ye faithful, huh? Bing, I think it would be very nice if the home folks listening in all over the world would join in, too. Oh, it would indeed. Gather round, folks, wherever you may be, and help us sing... This is CBS, the Columbia Broadcasting System. Okay, now here's the Theater Guild. Uh, December 23, 1945. The United States Steel Corporation, half a million employees and stockholders, presents the Theater Guild on the Air. United States Steel Corporation presents the Theater Guild, one of America's foremost theatrical producers, bringing into your home every Sunday evening from the stage of the Vanderbilt Theater in New York, the most famous plays of Broadway. Tonight, as a special Christmas offering, we bring you 
Louisa May Alcott's beloved story, Little Women, starring Catherine Hepburn as Joe and featuring Oscar Homoka as the professor, John Lodge as Brooke, Frances Reed as Meg, Judith Parrish as Amy, Susan Douglas as Beth, and Elliot Reed as Laurie. And here is Lawrence Langner, co-director with Teresa Halburn of the Theatre Guild, to tell you something about the play and the players. Mr. Langner. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. I'm sure most of you listening tonight remember Joe, Amy, Beth, and Meg, the four March girls immortalized by Louisa May Alcott in Little Women. Their shy romances and courage and adversity have endeared them to generations of Americans. As the lovely leading lady of the piece, you will hear Miss Martha Tilton. Mr. Jerome Cowan appears as the agent, Danny, who handles the careers of Ted Hanover and Jim Hardy and will be heard each Monday night hereafter. It's Henry J. Taylor, the famous author and commentator in his program, Your Land and Mine, and I'm sure you're going to like it. All aboard! Well, it looks as though ready to pull out, and so until next week, goodbye. Holiday Inn was presented through the courtesy of Paramount Pictures, whose current release is the Technicolor production, The Pale Face, starring Bob Hope and Jane Russell. George Murphy appeared by arrangement with Metro-Goldwyn-Mayer, producers of the all-star Technicolor musical Words and Music, based on the lives and music of Rogers and Hart. Gordon McRae appeared by arrangement with Warner Brothers. This is Marvin Miller speaking. The Railroad Hour is brought to you each week at this time by 132 railroads of the United States. Each one of them has its own operations and services. Each one competes keenly with others for business. But all of them work together through the Association of American Railroads for the improvement of all railroading and for better service to you. Friends, this is Gordon McRae again. All of us who helped to bring you the Railroad Hour join with our guest stars and the American Railroads in sincere wishes that you will have a Merry Christmas and a truly happy holiday season. the American Broadcasting Company. have been Walden Hughes and Frank Brzee, who invite you to join them next time for the Friday Night Show. The preceding has been a presentation of the Yesterday USA Radio Network.
Made a good old piece of cake by each one of you out there. The party's over It's time to call it a day They've burst your pretty balloon And taken the moon away It's time to wind up The masquerade Just make your mind up The piper must be paid The party's over The candles flicker and dim You danced and dreamed through the night it seemed to be right just being with him. Now you must wake up. All dreams must end. Take off your makeup. The party is over. Christmas, everybody! December the 10th, year 2011. 
I'm Wong Hughes. It's a Saturday night. You know what that means. It's Patricia's night. So Wong be giving her a call. See what she got planned. She thinks she's doing any baking for us. I hope she did. Just had a, a wonderful dinner. And some homemade cookies. Hooray! Anyway, what's that up here? Dear Lord, thank you for the wonderful season this is. Thank you for letting your son come down and be born. Ultimately, gave the ultimate sacrifice and gave his life for us. Thank you for this opportunity to celebrate his birthday. Help us to help others at this time. Help the poor, the homeless, the hungry. Help those who have family who is not very close to them at this time. But the ones that do have close bonding family ties. Help us all to celebrate Christmas. We ask this in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Alright, here we go.
Christmas You can plan on me Please have snow And mistletoe And presents on the tree
And Merry Christmas, everybody. We're here. And she's there. Hello there. Hi there. Oh, no, I'm there. You're, you're th I'm here. You're there? I'm here. Hi there. Hello. Hi. Happy Saturday. Happy Christmas, everybody. Merry Christmas. Oh, he's all warmed up for tonight. We decorated the tree today. Did you really? Yep, we got that. Oh, how exciting. Got the tree decorated. We went out. My mom thinks our outdoor look like outdoor li lights look like the Beverly Hills Beverly Hills lights. In other words, you remember the TV, the Beverly Hillbillies. So, huh? so Dad and I went back out shopping. So we're looking for new outdoor lights. So we'll see, we'll see what else we come with. And by the way, everybody, you're all welcome to to visit me on Tuesday. We are having the grand opening at 5.30 at City Hall. It's, it's the proud owner of Snoopy Hall. And it's sort of an interesting story. A gentleman for the last 40 years puts up Snoopy's house on his home. He has spent over $100,000 on the doghouse. How much? 100000 So. That's one heck of a house for a kid who came from the Daisy Hill puppy farm. <laughs> Whoa! $100,000 doghouse. Oh my goodness. Okay. Here's the story. All right. Well, he decided to use this rental property. Uh-huh. So I'm asking part of the agreement that the tenants, the, the renters have to make sure, you know, Snoopy Doghouse stays up. Uh-huh. Been a landmark for 40 years. Well, the house falls in foreclosure this year. Oh, no. The bank doesn't want Snoopy's house. <laughs> yeah. The citizens of Costa Mesa are in protest. Historically, over 10,000 people come by to see the house. Okay. So a local church have moved Snoopy's house to City Hall. So we're having a grand opening this Tuesday at 5.30 that Snoopy's house will be open for the holiday season at City Hall. Well, isn't that a treat? Yes. Oh, how nice. Which church did this? I don't know. I'm assuming it's one of the, probably one of the local Catholic churches. I was just told this um, on Thursday at my line club. So I'm assuming it's one of the local, it's nearby one of the Catholic churches nearby. So probably a story in the Daily Pilot. That's the local city newspaper. So anybody who wants to Google uh, up the Daily Pilot, I bet there's a local story about it. A save Snoopy. Yes. Oh, gosh. Isn't that sweet? Yep. How long has this been going on? Forty years the house been up. It's not old enough to be a national landmark. <laughs> No, I mean a historic site or anything like that. Yeah, so. that's true. So anyway, that's the big op that's the big opening on on Tuesday here in Costa Mesa. Oh Snoopy. Alright. We're here, we're live. Seven one four five four five two oh seven one. Merry Christmas everybody. I was on last night. Those of you who did did sneak in and listen to me at quarter to two in the morning. That's what time I got on the air. Uh-huh. I've heard. I went and saw John and Larry perform. Okay. And I know somebody listened because Jim 
called me right out of, to the morning and said, oh, I'm glad you're okay. And I got two emails today. Oh. Okay. And I will, And I thought tomorrow everybody would be late, but I will not. I found out the Christmas party I'm going to will end at 8 o'clock Eastern time. So if I don't stay there and do the dishes, I should be in time to do the show tomorrow night on time. Stay to do the dishes, you mean like... Like you're not going to pay for your dinner? No, clean the dishes. I offer to clean the dishes after oh, the party. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Hello, dear. You're on the air. I'm on the air. I'm glad I'm on the air. Hello, Ron. That's why I'm still wide awake. I know. Well, Ron slept twice a day with nine and a half hours of sleep. So I just woke up just in time for the show. Mom fed me a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, saying she's not cooking dinner because she's watching the debate. But I'm happy she made homemade cookies. You know, this time of the year, you're going to have a lot of homemade stuff. That is true. All kinds of cookies, all kinds of churro mix and stuff. And after a while, you think, oh my God, (laughs) (laughs) how will I finish them all? I know. Well, you can, it's okay to save some until for next year. And Patricia, I want you to know that Jazz Revisited is great. I'm going to share it with my friend who um, found Yesterday USA on the, on the internet a couple of years ago. And uh, he, he's a, he, he plays saxophone and clarinet and he'll love this jazz. Revisit it. Uh, he's not an old time radio fan, but he, but he loves music and so he'll love this stuff. Um, Walden, I came across this. It's set up similar, similar to the Golden Age of Radio, you know, the... the yeah. um, Dick Brutal, Ed Corcoran. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and it, it's similar to that, but it's jazz. And wow. I thought, oh, I have a home for that. Uh-huh. Drawn, yeah. And yeah, it's in my home, and it's in a happy home. And by the way, Patricia, you'll have a heck of a, heck, heck of a lot of... Christmas shows, some I'm sure you have, but some you don't have, when the Pony Express comes to your Oh, my goodness. I listen to Christmas shows all year long, Ron. That is such a treat. Thank you. Well, yeah, Christmas shows are fun, fun to listen to. They and old-time radio seem to go get together. They, I don't know of any other genre that fits so well together. Mm-hmm. They just do. I have a couple that I listen to particularly during the year, but I enjoy so many others. Uh, there, there are just a couple that I have to listen to, and, and a couple of them are Fibber, and a couple are um, Damon Runyon. Oh, yes. There are two Damon Runyon Christmas shows that I really, really like, so I listen to them as well. But Christmas all year long, you betcha. Uh, that's good. That's good, Al. So how is it over there in Hawaii? Are you guys getting the... Uh... The, uh, the, the the pineapple trees all decorated out there? What, what? Yeah, it's kind of cold. and I mean, it's not cold, but it's cool. Yeah. Great wind weather. Oh, I, I only will say one sport sad situation. Yeah. And first of all, you know that uh, Hawaii was shooting to get to the Final Four in women's volleyball? And we lost from USC last uh, Well, you know, USC I, plays well. You know, that's a tough school to beat. Yeah. yeah. That's a tough score. Yeah. And, uh, so... Not as good as the University of Nebraska, but that's okay. And 
And the place where Nebraska lost also. No, I didn't see that. Well, that's an upset. Uh, they, they, okay, they lost from Kansas State last week. Yeah, yeah. Kansas State played Pepperdine. Right. Before USC played Hawaii, and Pepperdine lost one in three. One, the Kansas State who beat Nebraska at one in three. Yeah, yeah, good grief. Ron, I think you fibbed to me. Huh? You fibbed to me. Why? Told a lie. You said just one sport. Oh, yeah. Well, he's only talking about women volleyball, just one sport. And, and then you you know who won the Heisman Trophy? I just saw that. Oh. The guy from... Uh, Baylor. There. Robert Griffith III. I really feel bad for Andrew Luck. Well, two yeah. years in a row, he's wound up second. So yeah. maybe he'll go back to Stanford a third time to win it. <laughs> You're funny. Go make dinner. <laughs> <laughs> well, what are we going to have, Patricia? No, I'm only joshing. I, I know, because you saying, all you guys are talking sports, she's I gonna... know, I thought she'll make us dinner. Yeah, well, I told Ron, I sent Ron an email this week and said, if you guys start talking sports, I'm just going <laughs> to tune out and go make a snack. Um, I'll be gone. Oh. Uh, I got a um, job to play from Christmas music from 7 to 9. At an apartment complex, they have a um, Christmas party um, and Santa Claus and everything for the residents from 7 to 9. And so I'm there. Okay, well, we, we can announce that Christmas Eve night, we're going to start at 10.30 Eastern time. Wait, wait, 7 to 9, that means I'll be gone from 9 to 11 your time. Well, okay, so we'll keep the doors open. But, uh, but no, Christmas Eve, I'll be with you all night. Well, you okay. So what? 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 Then what? I'm confused. What day you're gonna be gone? Tonight. Tonight. Ah. So are you gonna call us back just to make sure you got sa you're safe? Oh yeah, of course. Okay. All right. Well, I have a question for you before you go. Don't go. Yeah, wait, wait. Tell me about Box Thirteen. You said you got a lot of Box Thirteen or. Yeah. Yeah. I'm. Good. Made, good. Made a CD for you already. Good. Good. Didn't get there yet. And also, you, do you have five-minute mysteries? Yes, I do. Yeah, that's the one. You sent me the minute mystery with um, Ellery Queen, but that's good. No, I think I sent all of them. I sent the regular long show, I sent the five-minute, and I sent the one-minute. Yeah, but you didn't send me five-minute mysteries. Yes, I did. You did? Yeah. It's a, there's one folder that is the regular half-hour shows. And then there are five-minute mysteries and then one-minute mysteries. There were three sets. Oh, okay. Let me go check it out. Okay. Boy, you didn't even know. <laughs> Let me go check it out. Okay. Off. Um, I think I put box 13 in there also. Did did I miss that? No, box 13. No, it didn't come. Okay. Oh. Then, then I still have to do it. Okay. Yeah, box 13. And you said you got some, you found some cried baby shows, right? Say that again, please. You found some Clyde baby shows? Did you find some Clyde baby shows? Oh, I did, yes. Yeah. yeah. So you put that with box 13, I guess. Yeah. I'll put that with box 13. Ron, I'm so sorry. I thought I mailed them, but I made them. I, I made the CD, so they must be waiting for another envelope to go out. Yeah, it must be, because you said... She's still looking at her mail, by the way, everybody. sent me a whole lot of... Finished. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, go ahead. Information, please, and you sent me all oh, the crime, um, Rogers, crime, what do you call it? Chronicles. 
on Rogers of the Gazette. Yeah, that was good. Yeah, that was good. Oh, and you know why Walden is 28 instead of 25? Because some of her her recordings are, re are like rehearsals. Yeah, she got some rehearsals in there, yes. Rehearsals. Yeah, they're good. They take outtake, you know, all kinds of stuff. Try that line again. Uh-huh. Isn't that fun? Yeah, fun, fun. That was fun. And then she sent me a whole Paul Harvey thing. It was excellent. Uh... uh. Well, anyway, I'll talk to you guys tonight, okay? Okay, well, have fun playing. Wait, wait, wait. I have a question. What? We have a theme tonight, and I want to know what your favorite, and it can be any one of these, Christmas movie, story... Wait, hang on, hang on. What? Well, wait, Your favorite... What now again? Your favorite Christmas story, or TV show, or children's story, or radio show? What's your favorite? Okay, when I call you back, I'll let me think about it. Okay, I'll call you back tonight and I'll let you know my favorite Christmas story is. Yeah. Uh, okay. All right. I'll, I'll call you guys back. Tonight. Sounds great, Ron. Talk to you later. Talk to you. Later. Aloha. Aloha. That's good, he's up and working. That's good news. Uh-huh. 714-545-2071. We're bright-eyed and bushy-tailed. You can hear the thump on my tail. Bum, 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 bum. Uh, I don't know about bushy-tails making thumps. <laughs> <laughs> I think they go poof, poof, poof. Well, it depends. It depends if it got rhythm and soul. Okay. Well, anyway, that's my theme for tonight. Rhythm and soul for from a tail. That's interesting. <laughs> I'll have to think about that for a little bit. Okay, I have a bunch of stuff I want people to talk to me about tonight. Well, the phone isn't ringing, so I think you better squeeze it, squeeze them in right now. I better talk fast. Uh huh. Okay. The the theme, of course, is favorite Christmas anything: movie, story, um, TV show, children's story, radio show, anything along those lines. Not cookies, but, <laughs> <laughs> but entertainment things. Uh, what is your favorite? And my next question is: talk to me about regional pronunciations. In different parts of the country, people pronounce words differently. And mm -hmm. I had someone talk to me about a hashu the other day. Do you know what a hashu is? Well, I'm, I'm assuming if I was in the Midwest, we would pronounce it horseshoes. <gasps> you knew! No, I, I never heard it before. Yeah, I had no idea what this woman was asking me. Hashu, hashu. And I said, what's a hashu? And she just, she's from Massachusetts. Ah. The R, and it came out ha, shoe, like shoe fly, ha shoe. But it all came out all squashed together, not two words. You are so smart. Hello. I have no idea. So some people say roof, other people say rough. Talk to me about regional pronunciations and things that are different from the way you pronounce them. Okay, good, good. Yeah. Well, for example, my city that I live in, Costa Mesa, you know, we pronounce it coast. Uh, other people who are not from the might pronounce it Costa Mesa. That's what I always thought it was, Costa yeah. Mesa. Yeah. And you say Costa, Costa. Mesa. And uh -huh. I got corrected. Who helped me with Nevada? Oh, Nolan. Nolan helped me. I always said Nevada. And it's Nevada. Nevada. Yeah. So I'm, I was mispronouncing that for a whole lifetime. I'm so happy he fixed me on that one. Well, I wonder how many people pronounce potatoes and potatoes. Tomatoes and oh, tomatoes. Who says potato? Like, yeah. Maybe that's British. Do the, do the Brits say potato? I don't know. My Irish grandmother uh -huh. and Molly McGee. Mm -hmm. 
pronounce it. You, if you listen to the earlier shows with Molly, and this comes out naturally, this is not part of the Irish shtick that they did in the beginning. She pronounces potatoes, potatoes. I, I never caught that one. That's interesting. Okay. I never would know how to spell it, but that's the way my Irish grandmother mm. pronounced it. And my potatoes. And I thought that was cute that I heard it with Molly one night. Hello, hello. Hello there. This is a long-time listener, John from Maryland. Yeah, are you a first-time caller? I, no. <laughs> uh, Maryland, I have a folder. I have a folder for you that says shows. Oh, you do. Yeah, shows. Oh, you do. It says shows for John, and they're supposed to be old shows, and I have found you some really interesting old shows. Uh-oh. Yeah. I haven't missed a night. Yes. But uh, I just didn't want to interfere too many with your people that call more often than I do. Oh, John, please pick up the phone and sneak in. You better, John. Well, I couldn't stay up late last night to look, wait for Walden to come on or I had to go to bed. <laughs> <laughs> so well, you're a trooper. You see what happened, Walden? Yeah. I know, I know, well. I don't know if this is forgivable. Uh, well, I wouldn't saw John and Lori perform. I had a great time at their concert. Well, I still don't know if... I bet you did. Yeah, oh well. It's forgivable. Well, anyway, uh, my favorite uh, Christmas movie is The Bishop's Wife. Oh, uh, that's Very great. Grant, David Niven. I always make sure I watch that. That's right. Cary Grant and everybody's in that movie. That's a great movie. Monty, Monty Woolley. Yep. Yeah, that's a good am I, I love that movie. Walden, am I correct that I have heard that as a radio show? Yes. That's okay. That's why I'm familiar with it. Yes. Radio show also. Our, our friend who I had on years ago, Karen Grimes, who's the uh, little girl in the movie Zuzu, and it's what a life. It's the one, the little girl in that movie too. Ah, okay. All right. Well, she is. She is booked up the nostrils this week because she is up in Bedford Falls. Uh, as I'm the original Bedford Falls, and she's there for two weeks. So I'm going to have uh, a little bit before I call her. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh... Well, man, if we can't go this season, maybe we'll see the Christmas and July kid. Oh, oh, th yeah. That, that would be so good, because so many of these people are just... Uh, they're, they're scapped up. They're all gone. Yep, yep. yep. Uh, John? Yeah? Are you there? Yes, I'm here. Do you have a regional pronunciation that you have heard or that you use that's different from what some people are accustomed to? Well, in Maryland, they they mispronounce a lot of words. They have a they have a North and South accent, really, or in Mid Atlantic state. Okay. And uh, they they will not say cement; they'll say cement. Wow. Oh, the cement that's southern, yes. And they won't say chimney; they'll say chimney. Chimney. <laughs> How interesting. My, and my grandfather used to say, "Put the dishes in the zinc." Z-I-N-C. Uh-huh. And uh, you don't put tires on your car, you put TARS. TARS, yes, that's Southern. TARS, and yeah. there's a lot of things like like sidewalk, the payment, you know, they mispronounce but <laughs> Well, how do they pronounce garage? To everybody else, John, you're the... Garage. Garage, they pronounce garage, garage. okay. Yep. John... Uh, for other people, you're the one who's mispronouncing. If if someone comes to you and says cement, and you say cement, they're going to tell you you're mispronouncing it. 
Uh, well, it is, the way it is, every every state has uh, different accents and different mispronunciations. Uh huh. Oh yeah. Okay. I got a question, and I got a question for Walton. I always try to think of something. Maybe I can stump. <laughs> Go for it. Okay. Walton, what is a lemac? L e m a c. Ah, uh, a camel spelled backwards. <laughs> <laughs> And I was quiz uh, show. And for a show, everybody, there was a quiz show. And I've always sure looked for a copy of it called Thanks for the Yanks. And it was hosted yeah. by it was hosted by Bob Hawk. And he was the one that coined the phrase uh camel cigarettes with their, his sponsor. He always yeah. he always uh took the camel and spelled it backwards. And you call everybody a Lemac. Well, aren't you a hoot? If I, if I find the show, will you give me a prize? You bet. Thanks for the Yanks. Yeah, thanks for the Yanks. Okay. If, if you, if you uh, answer ten questions, you became a Lemac. Oh, that's interesting. That's interesting. And five hours for each question. You know, isn't it amazing when you do the whole quiz show that uh, money was not the, the thing? I mean, well, I guess $5 is a lot of money, but if you think about it, the $64 question, all those double enough, yeah. all those were $2, $5 questions. Mm-hmm. Well, even on information piece, you got $2 for a question and $5 if you stumped them? Yep. I mean, really? If you stumped that team, I think you deserved 500 <laughs> Oh, yeah. The whole, the whole program wasn't worth 500 <laughs> Oh, I like that program. Them's fighting. No, I, I'm, I'm, I'm only kidding. Oh, it's okay. <laughs> they did well, you know, spend a lot of money on shows like that. You know? Yeah. Yeah, but not everybody. Like the, answer, like the Answer Man. You ever remember the Answer yeah. Man? You send in your questions? Yeah. Where yep. he's got... He's got a long time to look up the answer. That's true. He got, he got a whole week ahead of time. And he sounds so smart. <laughs> and he only still pay two bucks for an, for a question or whatever. Really? Is that all? You remember? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I would, oh. But just, I I get the first big time game show that really had some big money with Pot of Gold, and I was Hor yeah. and I was Horace Height in the thirties. Yeah. And Horace Height. He had an amateur hour also. That's right. And I, a couple of weeks ago, I just tracked down a horse height interview, so we'll be playing that starting in the month of January. Um, his son is still going strong. His son still leads the horse height orchestra. But, yeah. Hmm, I'm enjoying That's right. Horse height. I remember height. that well. In fact. I remember that very well. In fact, you know, horse height with his show with the one that replaced the Jack Benny show on NBC. When Jack moved to CBS, that was the, that's what the show that went in that time slot. Hmm. Not, I thought it was a big show or whatever it was. Yeah, later the following year it was in in, in 1950 it was, but 1949 they went Horace Height amateur show first. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, I can remember that. I, I remember Major Bows amateur. Oh, Major Bows, and around and around nobody goes. We used to play that when we were kids. We played major bows. Everybody had to had some kind of talent. So did you? Was one of so did board you, games? Uh, I they had a board game. No, we didn't have the only board game we ever had was Monopoly or Chinese checkers. Uh huh. 
So you did... That's only board games I can remember. Wow. You did this as kids on your own. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Oh, I love we, it. We played major bows. So what did you have... What, what was your talent, John? Did you play the harmonica? What was your talent on your, on your major bow show? I didn't have much talent. <laughs> I didn't have a lot of talent, put it that way. Yeah. Who got to play major bows? Well, we, we chose, you know, eeny, meeny, miny, mo, you know, mm -hmm. when your hands and things like that. Was was that a good, that was a good role, yes? I mean, if, yeah. you, if you got to be major bows, that was a, that was a big thing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you sound so excited yeah. about this. Yeah. Yes, it's yeah. yeah. Too much fun. Well, I have, um, like I said, I have your envelope, and I keep adding to it. I think you're going to like this collection. I've got some good stuff in here. Um, but for everybody who's waiting for an envelope from me, I'm going to put some extra Christmas shows in there. Just because... Oh, that's great. Well, I thank you all for waiting for them. I've been a little back to the wall on time, and that's not your fault. That's my fault. So I will tuck in some extra Christmas shows, and I think I've got some goodies that you will like, but... Well, I hope so. Yeah. Because they're old. <laughs> they what? They're old. As long as they're, as long as they're old. They're old. I went back to the 1930s. That's good. Yeah, and I even... 30s are... I found... 30s and early 40s, that's me. Yeah, I even found one from the 1920s. Really? Huh? And I found a Fred Allen show that Walden didn't even know about. Oh, my goodness. I've heard, everybody, in Inside Scoop, that all the Fred Allen shows from the 1930s are coming available. Isn't that great? Yeah. Well, Fred Allen had a show in 1933 to 1934 called The Hour of Smiles. And I found the shows that are available. There are only eight, but apparently those are the only eight that have survived or have surfaced so far. So you've got those in there. So really, it's it's going to be a happy collection, I think. You'll have a good time with it. I did double check, Patricia, and Eddie Cannon did use the same tile when, when he had it in the mid-30s. Used, used the um, Hour of Smiles? Uh-huh. No kidding. Yeah. Do you think he took over the show? I think the sponsor must have used the title, so... So I'm thinking with a sponsor's idea. Okay, so I have to find out who sponsored Fred Allen, and then you can tell me if it was the same sponsor uh -huh. as Eddie Cantor. Yep. How cool is that? Uh, okay. Didn't he have candidates ride for a while? Well, I knew that Jack Benny did, but I... Is that Jack Benny? Yeah, I think that was Jack Benny. I think it was Ipana that had the idea smile for... Uh, and I thought that... And I thought that from Fred Allen... When he had the series, they used that slogan, and then Eddie Cannon had the same sponsor later, and I think that, I, I Ipana, the smile of health, yes. the smile of beauty, you know, that whole routine. What was Sal Hepatica. Sal Hepatica. Oh, uh, yeah. I didn't know what it was. <laughs> I know. What that meant. What, what was I knew what Ipana was, but I knew what Sal Hepatica was. What was Fitch? Shampoo, I think. Fitch shampoo. Shampoo, yeah. Yeah. Yes, you are right. Sham wagon. So that was, um, that's right. I mean, they were Horace Heights sponsor in the early, late 30s, early 40s. And then they had a thing called the Fitch bandwagon, which was the a yep. big band. I remember that. Yep. A lot of the big band, Tommy Joyce, the others would play. Then, uh, Dick Powell with the MC for one year 
of it in 44, and then they finally switched and went to comedy and sponsored Phil Harris out of for the first year. Hmm. But yeah. I used to listen to the Fitch bandwagon. I used to like the songs. Yeah. You remember the Coca-Cola Spotlight Band? John, that, that was like six nights a week in the uh, Monday through Saturday. The only Coca-Cola I remember was uh, Morton Downey. Morton Downey. Yeah, he was sponsored by Coca-Cola. Yep, yep. Three nights a week, I think. Boy, you guys are good. Three nights a week. And then his, and then his son, everybody, wound up being a TV talk show host. Morton oh. Downey Jr. Remember, and I remember Red Skelton was sponsored by a cigarette company. I can't remember. It's a, it's. Oh, I think Patricia over. went and looked up 903. Um, it was Raleigh. That's Raleigh. This is this is before that. Before Raleigh. So was that, and they were they were advertising it as 10 cents a pack. Yeah, that was in the Cigarette. 30s. Um, that was in the early 40s. I'm trying to make it, it's a it's a brand. You're right. I don't. Raleigh had two different brands. Raleigh had the regular Raleigh cigarettes, and then they came out with the 903s. Raleigh 903. So they were they marketed them under what seemed to be two brands, but they were actually the same company, and they were both Raleigh's, but they had different names. But I think John and I are also thinking that also uh, Red had a, another cigarette sponsor in the late 30s, early 40s. Isn't that interesting that a cigarette would follow a cigarette sponsor? Mm -hmm. would, uh, that doesn't sound like it would be a very common thing. Well, oh, the tobacco industry sponsored a lot of money in radio, so I bet there was a lot of different brands. Well, that I, that I agree, but for example, Lucky Strike was associated with Information Please. Right. It would be, I think, an advertising, terrible advertising tactic if Chesterfield came in after Lucky Strike, because Lucky Strike was such a strong tag with Information Please, any cigarette would have been identified as Lucky Strike, no matter who it was. So I, I thought it would be... I'm, I'm thinking it's unusual for a cigarette to follow a cigarette. That that was really an interesting strategy. Mm -hmm. The only other one I remember is Frank Sinatra. He was he was sponsored by Lucky Strike and also Old Golds. That's right. Two cigarette companies back to back. Oh, and Fatima and um, oh gosh, what was the second one that um, Chesterfield? But um, Dragnet had Chesterfield mm -hmm. and Dragnet. They, they were L and M's. I think they went to L and M's. After Fatima. After Fatima, and they had Chesterfield before Fatima. Wasn't it? Wasn't it Chesterfield, Walden? Uh, I have to go look. I, I think you're probably right. I think both of you are right. So they. Well, them cigarettes was just Liggett Myers and mm -hmm. uh -huh. Chesterfields. They had a whole string of them. Isn't that interesting? That's interesting. Well, do you want a question, sir? All right. You're going to give it to me if he doesn't want it anyway, Patricia. Yeah, well, you know, if you don't want it, it's okay, but I've got these really terrific questions for tonight. <laughs> you want, okay. Do you want a Christmas question or a radio question? It doesn't matter. Yes, it does. <laughs> <laughs> All right, then you're going to get a Christmas question. All right. Charles Dickens wrote what is perhaps the most famous Christmas story of all time. What is it? It's the Christmas Carol. Oh, Very right. good. All oh, right. You know, sometimes when you pin somebody and put them on the spot with something like that, it's hard to remember. So, okay, so you're getting your old shows. Let me see what else you're getting here. See, 
Okay, I have to give you a surprise with your old, old shows. I'm doing that. You're going to get Christmas shows. What else would you like? Oh, more old shows. More old shows. No, I'm filling up. I think this is really good. More old shows. You want more old shows? I'd be happy to fill up another CD.